morning and um, first Sunday of the year, and we're so excited that you connected with us this morning. Uh, we're starting a new series this month called Created. Created. So um, I hope you enjoy it. We have five Sundays this month, so you're going to have a lot of uh, different uh, perspectives, different ways to go into the book of uh, Genesis and see different ways that uh, each preacher will come and, and share from the Word something that the Lord has revealed to them. The first chapter in the book of Genesis talks about creation and later takes us through the adventures of individuals that God created for specific plans and purpose. How many know that one of those is you and I? You were created for a purpose. Amen? We were created for a purpose. Now let us see with the show of hands, how many of you like remodeling houses show? Raise your hand. Look at that, man. Everybody likes that. Okay, HGTV is full of different programs with companies that come and do extreme makeover in houses. I don't know about you, but I enjoy those programs. I, um, bro, you like it too, huh? <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at my brother-in-law, and he's not into that at all. But um, I, I like it. I mean, you learn things. Amen? I'm the type of person that I prefer to fix it myself than have to hire somebody to do it. I'll tell you what happened to me the other day. I, I went to the Toyota dealership because my car, my, my door, every, every other door locks with the, um, with, the, uh, with the fob. Every other door locks with the fob, but my door doesn't lock. So I take it to the dealership, get an oil change, and I tell the guy, hey, check it out to see what's going on with the, with the door. So he comes back and he tells me, well, the, the door, the uh, mechanism inside, it's a small little piece. It's apparently broken, and that's why it doesn't lock or unlock. You know, and uh, I said, okay, how much is it to uh, change it? He said, it's 950 some dollars. The part together with installation. I said, okay, thank you so much, but no thanks. So I got home, I got into uh, um, YouTube, and I started to look how to change that piece. And I'm already, it's in my mind already, it's in my head already that I'm going to buy the piece and I'm going to put it myself. So I went to the dealership the other day to buy uh, wipers, and the, the piece itself is $450-some dollars. And then I went to, um, uh, Amazon has it, and I went on YouTube, and the guy that's doing the YouTube, he says, I paid only $100 for the piece. And then if you send the Toyota dealership a piece that is broken, you send it back, the piece that you purchase from them, they give you lifetime warranty. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do it myself. And, you know, it's just like home makeovers and all this stuff. There's things that you could do yourself, but there's things that you can't. There's things that you can't. I'm, gonna, I'm talking about removing walls and ceilings and kitchens and bathrooms and bedrooms. They come in and they change the whole original design of the house. The complete design of the house changes. I have seen programs that they start removing the carpet of, and tile and, and flooring, hardwood floors or tile, whatever it might be. And they find that there's concrete in the slab, in the concrete slabs, there's cracks. And if, if you find a, a crack in your house, once you remove the carpet or whatever you have, there are hardwood floors or whatever, you need to fix it. Because if you put tile on top of that crack, 
it's going to crack. So you need to fix that foundation. I have seen some wood foundations. I have seen some, um, I have seen some programs that they start removing uh, cabinets and they, they find out that there's a leak underneath the cabinets. And it's a complete mess. I have seen some wood foundations, uh, houses that they have to come and jack them up, uh, like, like jacking up a, a car to remove the, uh, change the tire, and they have to jack up the, the, the wood frame of the house because one of the uh, floor beams, that is the direct support, has rotted or has gotten termite, and they need to change that. It's very interesting, all these things that you see on, on TV, but most of the times you need an expert to do it. Amen? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for your blessings, Lord. I pray that you would open our minds and our understanding, Lord, and give us revelation of your word this morning, Lord. I pray that you would use me, Lord, to bring glory and honor to your name. I ask these things in the glorious mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. I've titled the message this morning, Created with a Divine Foundation. Created with a Divine Foundation. Most constructions, and actually, the one that should be speaking about construction up here should be Stan. Theo Stan knows about construction because that's where he was working at. He was in charge of construction, building houses before he got his uh, beautiful promotion with... Uh, University of Miami. But uh, if I got something wrong, make sure you correct me after the service, brother. Okay? Most constructions in South Florida have concrete foundations that are poured in concrete blocks that are used to form the walls. There's rebars also that they use for reinforcement. And some of the blocks can also be filled with concrete to add strength to the entire structure of the house. In a wood frame construction, you have the uh, floor joists constructed between foundations with wood and frame exteriors and interior walls to build up upon that foundation, upon that structure, that wood structure. However, they aren't necessarily the most popular in South Florida, obviously because of hurricanes and obviously because of termites that we have because of our weather. There is also a program that I have seen that men and women that own their properties they, um, they get the, the sudden revelation, you know what, I'm going to take care of this myself, and I'm going to bring down that wall, and I'm going to expand this area, and I'm going to expand that area, and I'm going to remove that bathroom and change it here and change it there. And then they find themselves in a mess because there's a bearing wall, and they can't move it. So what happens? They got to call an expert. They got to call an expert. A load-bearing wall that you can't remove because it's, it's needed there for the house. It was placed there to hold the weight of the structure of the house. And they find themselves that they can't do anything about it at that point. How many of you have seen those programs? I forgot the name of the program that they come and they rescue that family. Because a wife got mad at her husband. She was telling him for the longest time, I want to move this and I want to move that. And she gets home, he gets home one day and he sees that the wall was knocked down or the bathroom, or the kitchen top was destroyed because she took it upon herself to do it. One thing in common that all these programs have is that for sure they all have a plan for the remodeling construction. They all have a plan for the remodeling construction. All have well been, uh, uh, plans have been made by architects, professional 
architectural uh, firms, and they come in, these uh, contractors come in with the blueprint of what they're going to do. They just don't get up one morning and say, you know what, well, we're going to destroy that or, or destroy this. No, they come with a blueprint of what the, the house could look like once they get done of it, once they get done of it, uh, with the house. None of us in our right mind will hire someone to work on our house remodeling if that person does not have a good reputation, it's a good company, has insurance, um, you see the work that they've done, they got good rating, and the Better Business Bureau, nobody in the right mind will ask somebody to come in that doesn't have experience. Am I right or wrong? Yet many couples try to build their marriages without consulting the master architect. The master architect for the design for their divine foundation. How sad that they just want to finish things quick. They want to rush into things in life without praying or fully asking the Lord for direction. And then what happens is that they end up with something that they didn't want. Because that was not God's plan for their life. They just got into it because out of ignorance, out of being stubborn, and I'm going to do it my way. And a lot of times we mess it up because we want to do things our way. That woman, that man wasn't the right person for you. I'm speaking to somebody out there that, that probably you're, you're thinking, you're contemplating getting married with somebody, but is that the person that God has for your life? Is that the person that you really are going to start a home with? A house is a house, but a home is what you create with your partner, with the person that you marry. Before we look specifically at our text for today, I want you to turn to Psalms 127. And I think this verse will prepare the way for what I want to share with you. It's been heavy in my spirit for some time, and I, and I think there is no better time to share this with you than the first Sunday of the year. This psalm is about the family, the importance of family, and the importance of children in the family. The importance of family and the importance of children in the family. I pray to God that during the fast, you will pray intensely for the family. For the family in this church, for the families in your family, and for marriage in itself. I pray that you would take the time to pray for marriages. I pray that blindfolds will be removed and that the people would realize that the enemy is out to confuse and destroy the family from the way that God Almighty meant it to be in His Word. Listen to me, church. Divorce is rampant, not outside the church, but inside the church as well. Divorce is rampant. And in the pastoral community, I want you to, I want you to know that it's happening as well. Because the pulpit has become complacent for too long. I'm going to repeat this again. Not just in the community out there, but the pastoral community 
as well because the pulpit has become complacent for a long time. Pastors are afraid to preach the truth, constantly compromising and trying to keep everyone happy. And you can't do that. As a pastor, you can't do that. Because the people's life is at stake. And we can't compromise the Word of God to accommodate people and make people happy and give a message, a sermon for people to feel good. It's good to have good messages that, you know what, wow, I come lifted up or, or whatever it might be, but I believe the Word of God is to uh, encourage us to do even better than what we're doing. I believe the Word of God is to make us a better person than we are. It's not to compromise from the pulpit and accommodate people to continue to live in sin. And we're seeing this constantly. It grieves God's heart when people are complacent in the pulpit. It grieves his heart. So help us, God, that we fall in that trap. Because I tell you what, God gives strong warning to those who are complacent in the world. It's in the scripture. You could read it. Are you with me, church? Come on, don't be silent with me this morning. Let me hear some amen. amen. Come on, Brother Lewis. Put some sauce to it. Glory to God. Glory to God. Are you there in Psalms 127? Listen to what it says in the Word of God. It says, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. I repeat this again. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain those who build it. Tell the person next to you, don't work in vain. Don't work in vain. Unless the Lord guards a city, the watchman keeps awake in vain. It is in vain for you to rise early, to retire late, to eat the bread of anxious labors. For he gives blessing to his beloved even when he sleeps, says the word of God. Behold, children are a heritage and a gift from the Lord. Are you with me this morning? Children are a heritage and a gift from the Lord. The fruit of the womb, a reward. Glory to God. I want to tell you this morning, hear me now. The enemy has, has been for the longest time against that womb. He's come against that womb to destroy that womb for years. It's the tactic of the enemy to destroy what the Lord has created. He wants to distort, twist, and confuse what the Lord has created in the image of God. How many know that we were all created in the image of God? We were all created in the image of God, and that's the purpose of the enemy to come and destroy what God has created. What does he do? He comes with confusion. Distortment in order to destroy the family. Verse number four says, Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. How blessed, how happy, how fortunate is the man whose quiver is filled with them. They will not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies in gatherings at the city gates. Glory to God. How blessed is a man 
How blessed is that father, how blessed is that mother to have children next to them, to have their children next to them. Obviously, they got to get married and they got to move out of the house, but you know what? You will always be a father and you will always be a mother. And I don't care how old they are, and you know what? You are worried if they're going out and that they get home already, that they not get home already, and, and, you, and, and you know what happens also? Glory to God. Jesus, thank you for our kids. Uh, when, when, when we get to a mature age, like mine's right now, 58 years old, I speak to Ricky, and, and he tells me, Dad, just call me when you get home, okay? <laughs> the, the roles have returned, have reversed. He tells me, Dad, make sure you call me when you get home. So if we don't call, then he's calling us. Hey, you know, look at the time. Are you home already? And I said, glory to God. Thank you, Lord, for my kids. Thank you for my kids. That's a blessing of the Lord. That's a blessing. of. Does it happen to anybody else? Come on, moms. You know it happens to you, too. That daughter is constantly calling you or that son is constantly calling you. I, I, I give God glory and honor because, you know, I speak to my kids, both of them, each and every day. It, it's just a routine. It's just a routine. Uh, Ricky gets out of work and the first thing that he does, he calls me. And the second thing that he does, he calls his sister. That is every single day. If he don't call after work, he'll call her during lunch, but he'll call her. But that's every single day. We talk to Christy and we see the kids every single day. It's a blessing of God. It's a gift that God has given us. Amen. Go with me to Psalms 128. Listen to what it says in the word of God. A blessed, happy, and sheltered by God's favor is everyone who fears the Lord and worships Him with obedience. And worship Him with obedience, says the Word of God. Who walks in His ways and lives according to His commandments. According to the commandments of God, not the way that you want. For you shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands, and you will be happy and blessed, says the Word of God, and it will be well with you. Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine within the innermost parts of your house. Your children will be like olive plants around your table. Behold, for so shall be the man blessed and divinely favored, says the word of God, who fears the Lord and worships him with obedience. And worships him with obedience. May the Lord bless you from Zion, his holy mountain. And may you see prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Indeed, may you see your, fa may you see your family perpe uh, perpetuated in your children's children. Peace be upon Israel, says the word of God. What a blessing. What a blessing. It continues to speak about blessing upon the family. Uh, Psalms 127 is the middle of, of the uh, Psalms. And there's about 15 psalms that talks about the family, the importance about the family. I, to me, I find it interesting that the Lord would put that there in the middle of the book because you know what? The family is in the center of the heart of God because that was created and orchestrated by God. And that's what the enemy is after. That's what the enemy is after. That's why you see so much abortion in the world. Why? Because the enemy is, a, is after that womb of the mother to destroy what God has created. That's why we got to come against that in prayer and fasting. Are you with me? 
Let's go, to with, let's go with me to uh, Genesis chapter number 1. And I'm going to read a couple of verses there in, uh, in Genesis because I want you to get a, a, a revelation of where I'm going this morning. And just be there in, in, in Genesis chapter number 1 and, and chapter number 2, and I'm going to be hopping around. It says on verse number 3, Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. Then God said, Let there be an expanse between the waters, separating the waters from the water. On verse number 6, And there was. Then verse number 9, it says, Then God said, Let the water under the sky be gathered into one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was. Verse number 11, Then God said, Let the earth produce vegetation and seed bearing plants and fruit trees on the earth bearing fruits with seeds, and it's according to their kinds. And there was. Verse number 14, Then God said, Let there be light in the expanse. And there was. And it continues on, and we could go to verse number 20, and it says, Then God said, Let the waters swarm with living creatures, and let the birds fly above the earth, uh, across the expanse of the sky. And there was. So God blessed them, and be fruitful, and multiply, and fill the waters of the sea, and let the birds multiply the earth. And it was. Then on verse 24, Then God said, Let the earth produce living creatures according to their, uh, according to their kinds, living stock creatures, and, and the crawl, and, and that that crawl, and the wildlife of the earth according to their kind. And there was. Verse number 26, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. They will rule the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky, the livestock, all the earth, and all the creatures that crawl on the earth. So God created man in his own image, and he created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and every creature that crawls in the earth. Verse number 31, it says, And God saw all that he had made, and it was very pleased, and it was very good. God was pleased with what he had made. Verse number, uh, uh, number uh, 1 on chapter number 2, it says, So the heavens and the earth and the evening and them were complete. By the seventh day, God completed his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. God blessed the seventh day, and declared it holy for wanted to be rested, for wanted it to rested from his work of creation. Then go with me to verse number seven. Then the Lord God formed the man out of the dust from the ground and breathed the breath of life into his nostrils, and the man became a living being. He, he uh, blew the, the, the ruach of the Lord into the nostrils of man. Hallelujah. It says on verse number eight, that the Lord God planted the garden of Eden in the east, and here he placed the man he had formed. The Lord caused to grow out of the ground every tree pleasing and appearance of good for food, including the tree of life in the middle of the garden, as well as a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Verse number 15 says, look, the Lord God took the man and placed him in the Garden of Eden to work it 
with, uh, and, and to watch over it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree of the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of God, of good and evil. For on the day you eat from it, you will certainly die. Then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. How many men could say amen to that? Come on, you're weak this morning. Say amen to that. I will make a helper as his completement. So the Lord God formed out of the ground every wild animal and every bird in, in the sky, and, and he brought each of them uh, to man. Hallelujah. Let's go to verse number, uh, number 20. Then man gave names to all the livestock, the birds of the sky, and to every wild uh, animal. But for the man, no helper was found as, he uh, as his completement. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to come over the man, and he slept. God took one of his ribs and closed the flesh at that place. Then the Lord God made the rib, and he, take, and he took that, that from the man into a woman and brought her to the man. And the man said, This one at last is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. This one will be called woman because she was taken from me. This is why a man leaves his father and mother and bonds with his wife, and they become one flesh. Both the man and his wife were naked, yet felt no shame. Glory to God. Glory to God. Is it complicated what we read now? Is it easy to understand? Can you say amen? amen. Is it completely easy to understand that God created man and woman? It's simple, right? It's not complicated. The enemy's job is to uh, make sure that he confuses people and he confuses the design, the original design of God. And we got to be extremely careful with that. There are churches that are in agreement that, you know what, two men can get married and two women can get married. I would want to know what Bible is it that they're reading. Because that is not the Word of God. And we got to make sure that we do not compromise the Word of God. Because one day, the one that has to stand before the Lord is going to be me, Carlos. And the Lord, I would have to give an account to the Lord of what is it that I'm doing and why is it that I'm doing it and why is it that I'm accepting things and compromising the Word of God. Number one, we need to get direction from the original design. We need to get direction from the original design. Whenever there's a remodeling, whenever there's a, a construction in a home, the first thing that the contractor asks for, where's the blueprint? Where's the blueprint of the home? Because a blueprint will tell you everything exactly where it's located in that home, even behind the walls. It will tell you exactly everything that is in that home. And what is it that you need to change? What is it that you could touch? And what is it that you cannot touch because you're going to create a mess? We need to go to the original design when it comes to the Word of God and marriage. We need to see what God intended marriage to be. Are you with me? We must put away our amateur ideas of how to build a good marriage foundation. We were created with a divine foundation. Can you say amen for that? And that divine design is found only in the Word of God. 
Only in the Word of God. You're not going to go, you're not going to find any other book. I don't care how much counseling you get. I don't care what doctor you see. You need to get it from the Word of God. What does God tell me about marriage? What does God tell me that I should do and not do in marriage? Understand a marriage renovation is not simple either. A marriage renovation is not simple either. It's very difficult. I've shared with you numerous times that at one point in my life, our marriage was very difficult. And we had to go see counseling. And when I got done with that counselor, I was ready to grab Yvette by the neck. You could just imagine what kind of counseling that was. I tell you my first mistake, Carlos. My first mistake was to go to a godly counselor, an ungodly counselor. I remember right there in Miami Lakes. That was the first mistake. If you have a problem, you got to go to the people of God. People that will give you advice based on the word of God, not what they think or what they think it's right. No, we want to go to the word of God to see what the word of God says. And that's what we hold on to. We got to go to the original design. Remodeling a, a marriage, remodeling a house, it takes time. It takes longer than you plan or expect it. It costs more than what you had figured out always. You do a renovation, they tell you, well, you know what? It's going to be $75,000. By the time you're done, it's probably $95,000 because things happen. There's a pipe that broke. There's this that has a leak and that that you got to change. So there's always things that you got to keep in mind. Causes more mess than what you anticipated or what they told you. One that knows about that is Sister Sandra right there. They went in and they removed and put windows in her house uh, the other day, impact windows. And they told her it was going to be fine and dandy, that everything was going to be clean. And it was a super mess that she was in for a few days. But you know what? You got to plan for those things. It requires greater determination than you can imagine when you're remodeling something. Listen, remodeling a marriage is no different. The only hope for having a successful marriage is to do it according to God's design and ask the master architect for help. We went to counseling once. And I remember like it was today. We ended up in the center of the bed and we started crying like two babies. And we said, we know exactly where this came from. And we know exactly what we did wrong. We got away from God. The moment you get out from the covering of God, you're on your own. You're on your own. But you got to be man enough and woman enough to realize it wasn't somebody's fault. It was my fault. And as a man of the house, as the priest of the home, it's your responsibility to take that responsibility. And say, you know what? I messed it up. I messed it up. I'm, I, I know that I'm speaking to somebody this morning. God's design is always the perfect design. God's design is the design of the master. There's no pieces there that are damaged. There's no recall on those pieces. It's perfect. It's a perfect design. And a lot of times we get away from it because we want to do things our way. We want to do things our way. 
King Solomon was a great king, and he was the son of King David, obviously. The, the, the thing which probably characterized his administration was the fact that he was the one selected to build a temple in the Old Testament. To build a temple in the Old Testament. Solomon was a man who understood building. He understood what was involved in building something. He was very responsible about the, the, the items that he was going to use uh, uh, in order to build a temple. If we had the time, I would go to 1 Kings and, 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 and I will show you there in 1 Kings how, how specific he was with his instruction with his people about building the temple. It wasn't just, hey, you know what, get that brick over there and let's put it up. No, 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 no. Everything was specific to the measurement. Everything was uh, precise to, to the inch. Everything was uh, uh, with, with uh, excellence that what he was doing. And you know what? Our marriage, we got to treat our marriage with excellence as well. Excellence. Don't give your wife the leftovers. Don't give your husband the leftovers. Give him the very best that you have. The very best that you have. Remember those days when you were dating her. Come on. You remember those chocolates that you used to buy? Where are they now? You remember those roses that you used to buy? Where are they now? Come on, don't be silent with me. Se lo comieron. Let's go to 1 Kings chapter 6, verse 11 through 13. Listen to what it says. The word of the Lord, you know what, don't even go there. The word of the Lord came to Solomon. As for this temple you are building, if you walk in my statue, listen to what it says in the word of God. If you walk in my statue, observe my ordinance and keep all my commands by walking in them, I will fulfill my promise to you, which I made to your father, David. I will live among the Israelite and not abandon them, my people of Israel. Th that, that was a promise that the Lord had made to his father, David. And the Lord had told David, you know what? You're not going to be the one that's going to build the temple for me. It's going to be your son. Glory to God. Glory to God. I, I, I declare in the name of Jesus that the, the day that I die, my son Ricky will take the church to another level. To another level. And to, in, in a supernatural way. I'm, I'm declaring, I'm prophesying that in Jesus' name. God, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, because you take us day after day from glory to glory to Father. And Lord, the same way that you want us to be better and better each and every day, we want the same thing for our kids, Lord. We declare that they will be better than we were, Father. Better than we are, Father. Father, may they walk with integrity, Lord Jesus. May they walk with the fear of God in their life, Lord. Thank you, Abba. I pray that you would open doors that no man can for them, Lord. I thank you for the doors that you have opened for us, Father, but I, I declare that greater doors you will open for them, Lord. For them, those that are coming after us, our, our kids that are continuing to build, Lord. What we started, Father, for your glory and honor. In Jesus' holy name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Receive that this morning. Solomon would surely understand the building is hard work. 
It is not an easy thing to build. If you have a, a construction project, there's hard work. There's, there's a lot of sweat involved. There, there's a lot of planning that has to be involved. I'm sure you would agree with me also that it is hard to work uh, at a marriage. It is hard to work uh, and, and to have a good family. But with God, all things are possible. I've said it numerous times. You know what? We can never put our marriage in cruise control. We get on the turf pack and go to Disney, and you know what? Nope. Just put it on cruise control. You don't have to do a thing. And if you, and if you drive a, a Tesla like some brothers of mine, you can read a book if you want. You know? But you know what? In your marriage, you can't do that. You, you, you can't put that cruise control on your marriage. You, you got to keep that spark on there each and every day. Each and every, don't tell me, pastor, you don't understand. I don't have money. Listen, go to the beach. It's free, man. Buy a bottle of Coca-Cola and drink the bottle of Coca-Cola together with her. You know, it's going to be good. I tell you what, it's going to taste even better than at home. Go and try it. Give it a try. But do something with that woman. Why should we think for a minute that somehow marriage and family are just going to be automatically working and it's all going to be good? It's not. It's not. It's a lie from the pit of hell. You need to work at it. It's impossible. You need to work at it on a daily basis. On a daily basis. You and I know that the nation is only as strong as the families that make upon that nation. We also know that the church is only as strong as the family that make up the church. If you and I are messed up, you know what? It's going to be a messed up church. Now, I'll tell you one thing. We pray for those that are messed up to walk into this house because you and I were messed up one day. Come on, don't 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 look at me with that pretty face and you got that suit on and and look good. But that's not the way you look one day. We were all in a mess in a big mess at one point. I know for a fact I was. I know I was for sure. One hundred percent. But you know what? We got to open the doors for those that are coming in and be ready because they will come in. If we, if we accept them the way that they are and allow the Holy Spirit to do the work that the Holy Spirit needs to do in their life. Nobody changed me. The one that changed me was the Lord. It was the Holy Spirit. It, it took some time, Brother Lewis. It didn't happen. You don't know because you won't with me, brother. But you believe that. Huh? Okay. 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 But it took a long time, Brother Lewis. It did take a long time. You know why? Because... I carried a lot of scars from my childhood. And there's things in life that you don't forget. And those are, are, are things that only through the bomb of God can you overcome those areas in your life. It's only through God. Number two, have a good directed foundation. Have a good directed foundation. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, that we read it. And the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him, says the word of God. There was something missing, so he made that woman for him. God described her as a helper suitable for him, for Adam. Adam needed that companion. Uh, unless God gives you the gift of celibacy, you know what? You, you got to get married, man. At one point or another, you got to get married. God has a right helper for you. 
The word helpers means to assist another. The word suitable means corresponding to him in harmony with him and, and completing him. Basically, God made the woman so that the man might be complete. Can you say amen to that? Come on, look at my brother Orly. Come on. Come on, Fred. Brother, I'm helping you out. You know, say thank you, Lord. Thank you for my wife. Glory to God. So God gave marriage in order to meet many of our despite spiritual, uh, our deepest spiritual, emotional, physical, and also, and also psychological needs. That's why he created marriage for us not to be alone. And obviously he created marriage for us to reproduce. Glory to God. Bring those kitties into the life. Verse number 22. Then the rib which the Lord had taken from man, he made into a woman and he brought her to the man. Listen, God has a specific someone in mind for you. Somebody is listening to me out there that you think I'm going to be like this forever and ever. No, God has a right person for you. The right person for you. Be anxious for nothing but in everything. Just wait on God. Don't, don't, don't try to force things in life. Just wait on God. I... Um, most important thing that you can do is, is pray for God's insight. For when that person comes around, you know that that's the person that God sent you. That that's the right person that God sent you to marry. Some people struggle in marriage because that was not the person that God had for them. That was not a God-directed foundation. You were just being stubborn. How many could say amen to that? That you've been stubborn at life. You wanted to have it your way instead of God's way. And at the end of the day, you ended up with a package that it was not the one that you were supposed to end up with. And that package, you can't return it to Amazon now because they're not going to take it. So you got to stick with it because you were disobedient. Verse number 23. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. She should be called woman because she was taken out of man. Number three, follow the steps of the manual. Follow the steps of the manual, which is the Bible, the Word of God. Amen. If there's one person that does not like to read manuals, it's me. So the other day for Christmas, we went the Christmas Eve with Ricky and, and Bree to... Um, Bree's father's, and we had Nochebuena over there, and then Ricky tells me, Poppy, oh boy, Ricky tells me, Poppy, you know what, we bought uh, for Addie, um, what do you call that thing? Um, like a playhouse, but I mean a big cedar playhouse, I mean I could live in there if I, if I wanted to, a, a big cedar playhouse. And I said, buddy, where, 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 where's that house? He said, Dad, you know what? It's in Rouse Garage. So when we get a minute, you know, we, we'll sneak it in your truck and we'll take it home. And, and then we got to build it tonight. <laughs> I said, boy, I never bought you or your sister something that I had to build. You know I don't like instructions. He said, Dad, but I said, you know what? I'm going to do it because that's my little Addie. So I'm going to do it. Man, I was out there, Carlos, till 2 o'clock in the morning with him. 2 o'clock in the morning with him. 
You know, I said, buddy, we got to go to sleep. Santa Claus is coming into town, and we're out here with this nonsense. But you know what? It was for Addie, so I'd do anything for my grandkids. But um, number three, follow the steps in the manual, which is the Bible. Verse number 24 in the King James says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and shall cleave. Listen to what it says in the Word of God. Shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall become one flesh. In this verse, we find that the steps to achieving God's design in marriage, the Hebrew word for leave means loosening something or being free from someone. It doesn't mean being free from your parents, okay? So don't, don't you know. And a lot of times, marriage, there's problems in marriages because people don't, don't adhere to the principle that it says in the Word of God. You know, to leave your mother and father and become one. Now, understand, you don't have to abandon your parents or forsaken your parents or ignore your parents. You're a good son, Carlos. You, you, you've taken care of your father and you were there constantly attentive to your father and, and the needs of his medications and, and his stuff that he's going through and the doctors and all that stuff. You're a good son. I, I, I see Yanni and I see Yvette and I see Charlotte and, 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 and Orly and, and Roly and, and I see how they take care of my mother-in-law. And, and, and I want you to understand that it says to leave your mother and your father, but it does not say to abandon your mother and your father. As a matter of fact, the word of God says, honor your mother and your father and you will live a long life. And you will live a long life. My grandmother died of 107, so my mother must have done something right. Amen. I, I, I took care of my mom until the moment that I closed her eyes and she went before the Lord. And, and, and I was married already, but I still had to take care of my mom. We, we, we still got to take care of my mother-in-law. My father-in-law is with the Lord right now, but my mother-in-law is still alive. But aside from that, I got to create that bond with my wife. And she had to leave her family and come to be with me. And I had to leave my family. Are you with me? That is God's design. That is God's design. Understand that. It does not mean that a husband and wife put each other. It, 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 what it means is that a husband and wife put each other first. Notice that the King James uh, says, and shall cleave unto his wife. The Hebrew word for cleave is to cling, to glue, to bond permanently. To bond permanently, that's what the Hebrew word means. Marriage is to be permanent bond. Jesus said in Matthew 19, verse 5, What God has joined together, let no man separate. Let no man separate. Paul said, love never fails. Apostle Paul says, love never fails. Church, we must honor God's word by working through difficulties. How many could raise your hand and said, I've had difficulties in my marriage? Come on, be honest. Cardi, you just got married. Oh, your other marriage. Okay. <laughs> I, I said, well, then there's something wrong here. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God that it was a past marriage. You probably got a package that you weren't supposed to get. That's what it was. Church, you must honor God's word by working through the difficulty, staying in your marriage and giving God a chance to work at your marriage. 
God can restore your relationship even when the feelings for that person you have lost completely. God can bring those feelings back. Divorce should never be part of your vocabulary and your marriage. The word divorce should never be in your vocabulary. One of the first things that I told my wife when I got married, I said the same thing that my father did to my mother, I would never do to you. I would never divorce. Because I don't want my kids to go through the same things that I went through. And you know what? I cut that curse right there in Jesus' name. I said that is not going to come on me, and that is not going to come on my kids. We rebuked that in Jesus' name. We rebuked that in Jesus' name. But you got to take some authority, especially as a priest of the home. Especially as the priest of the home. Look at the door. The door. Especially as a priest of the home. John chapter 10, 10 says, The thief cometh not to, but to steal and to kill and to destroy. I come that they might have life and have it abundantly. Says the word of God. Abundantly. Second Corinthians Chapter 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now understand, only when we allow God, that happens. Only when we allow God. And, I, and I'm not talking about just marriage. I'm talking about any relationship that you have. Whether it's a sister don't talk to the other sister or brother doesn't talk to the other brother or there's a family. You know what? Unless we allow God to work in it, nothing's going to change. Because you don't have the answers. But God does. God does. I, 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 I've seen yeah, even uh, the, the, uh, the last elections that we had. There was families that were, that were divided because of two stupid candidates. Come on, for real? Because of two men that are grown men, one is Sleepy Joe having ice cream all the time, and, and then you got Trump. Come on, are you with me? And families got divided because of that. Can we allow God in the picture? Can we believe that God can restore that relationship? This is not just about marriage. This is about restoration of the family. The family, that that's what the enemy's after. That's what the enemy wants to destroy. The media elite in America today are making a concrete effort to destroy the family. The family life as we know it, and it ought to be. The culture is doing everything in its power to undermine and totally destroy the biblical foundation of the family. Totally destroy the biblical foundation of the family. The other day I was, I was watching that the speaker of the house, they were talking about the speaker of the house. Listen to this. Listen to this, how demonic and evil this is. They were talking about the speaker of the house that how could he have taken his daughter when she was in high school to a purity dance? How many know what a purity dance is? A purity, a purity ball and a purity dance is when you, it's, a lot of times it's organized by the church that you go and you give your daughter that moment, that night, a purity ring. You know she's in high school and pretty soon she's going to be graduating and going to college. And 99.9% .9 of the time, if they don't have God and the fear of God in their life, they're going to be sleeping around with everybody that comes around. 
Well, just because he took his daughter to a purity dance, they got on him because of that. Can you just think about how evil we have gotten? What is wrong with that? The man is concerned about his daughter. He wants to make sure that she is pure until the day that she gets married. That is biblical. That is nothing that's made up with any party. That is biblical. That is the word of God. Now, are we going to honor God or are we going to do things our way? And just pick and choose what we want like it was some kind of buffet. No. If it's in the word of God, that's what I'm going to go with. That's exactly what I did. You know what? I didn't just do it with Rick. I didn't just do it with Christy. I did it with Ricky as well. I said, boy, you, you, you've got to make sure that you keep that thing right and don't do what you don't supposed to do because you get her pregnant, you're going to marry her. Come on. Well, just because a man did that, they got on him. The whole idea of mocking morality is bel and belittling the institution of marriage and the family is what we are hearing in our culture today and has been creeping into the church. If that is your source of authority, you are headed for some difficult times and you are headed for destruction in your family. That cannot be your source. Our source has to be the word of God and what God says that we're supposed to do. Are you with me this morning? We can't add and we can't remove. There's things in the Word of God that I don't understand, but they're still there, Carlos. I can't remove them. I can't remove them. But I got to abide by what it says in the Word of God, not make them my own things. Would you stand this morning? I want you to understand that the ultimate authority of what marriage is supposed to be and what family is supposed to be is what God says in the Bible. Is what God says in the Bible. It's not the new phase that it's out there. It's not what the new hipster is saying. It's not what our government is saying. But it says whatever it says in the word of God, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. God has given us the book. In this book are principles and precepts and promises which we can follow to help us have a fantastic family life, a healthy, godly family life. Marriage as a God design is the union of one man and one woman for life and Jesus Christ as the Lord of that home. One man and one woman. If you have God-oriented foundation, if you have, let me repeat this again, if you have a God-oriented foundation, if you get your convictions and values and standards and direction from what God has revealed in the Bible, then you will have a proper authority in your family. God must be the first and final authority in our family, in our homes. Our home is not a house. A house is four bricks, four walls. Our home is what we make with our loved ones. Our wife, our husband, 
our children. That is a home. That is a home. I, uh, I, the, the Lord has been bubbling this message in my spirit for the longest time because it, it, it saddens me to see what is happening inside the church today. It saddens me that to see that even in the pastoral community, there's so many divorces going on. It, it, it saddens me to see that what God created one day, we have allowed the world to come in and dictate the pulpit. And so help us God that this will not happen in this pulpit. We will not accommodate to what the new fad is in the world or in the government or in society. We will accommodate to what it says in the Word of God and only the Word of God. Because I want you to be very clear with this. I want you to understand that, yes, I will have a greater account to give to God than what you have. Because you come and you're under my, my voice on Sunday after Sunday, week after week, my responsibility is greater than yours. But don't think that you're going to escape from being before the throne of God and giving a, a reason why you accepted things. Why you accommodated things in life. Why, why you were okay with it. If it's not in the Word... It's not a God. Period. I don't care how you slice it. I don't care how you look at it. I don't care who tells you that that is wrong. If it's not in the word of God, I don't want it. It's not going to become the new norm at Faith Life Christian Ministries. That's not the way that we roll. I protect this pulpit. You know very well, I just don't allow anybody to come here and preach the Word of God. I, 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 I protect the anointing in this altar. I, I, I just don't let anybody come up here and sing just because you got a pretty voice. I want you to know that there's churches that hire people even though they're not believers, but they're good musicians. So help us God. So help us God. I'd rather have nobody there singing and nobody playing anything but have the anointing of God upon us and the uncompromised word of God. You know what? I, I, I could pull up a song on my phone and, and just sing along with that phone. But we would not compromise the word. Are you with me, church? I pray this message has stirred you because you know what? It stirred me for months and months and months. I've got some pastors, a friend of ours, they're getting divorced. As a matter of fact, are the ones in North Carolina that told us that they would hand the church to us. And they're getting divorced. I grieve my spirit. Because it's just not that couple, but you know what? It's the congregation that's being affected. 
The Congress, some of you have asked me about T.D. Jakes. I'm not going to give you my opinion because it's worthless. What I'm going to tell you, you know what, is pray. Pray. Just like it, when it happened here in South Florida with one of the pastors in Fort Lauderdale, just like it happened not too long ago, last year or two years ago, right there in Kendall with another pastor, I told you, listen, I know that you're hearing the rumors, but just pray. You know why? Because you know why that's happening? Because they allow the devil to come into the church and bring the world into the church and into the pulpit. Come on, church. I'm preaching good. So at least say amen. amen. That's what's happened in the church. But what did I tell you? I told you, you know what? We need to pray. We need to pray because always the one that gets affected is that family. It's that family that first came to Christ that Sunday. And then they look around and they say, what the heck is this? I mean, I thought that this was the house of God. And they have as much problems as we do. And, and I just walked in here and I'm thinking about getting divorced with my wife. And the pastor's getting divorced because he has somebody else. Think about that for a moment. I know people that went through that and they have not stepped in a church again. Out of ignorance, because God has nothing to do with that. That is a work of man, not of God. God did not create divorce. Praise God. I pray you receive that word today in the mighty name of Jesus. If you're out there this morning and you're saying, Pastor, I don't know Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I'm going to give you an opportunity right now to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So if you just repeat these words after me, Father, in the name of Jesus. Come on, loud. Let the, the, let the Lord hear you this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, I accept your Son right now as my Lord and Savior. I know that I've been a sinner, Lord. I've been doing things my way, Lord Jesus. But Lord, I've heard the pastor right now, and I want to receive your Son as my Lord and Savior. Lord, I ask that you forgive my sins, Lord. Father, I declare that I will walk with you each and every day from now on, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Holy Spirit. Give me the peace of God that surpasses all understanding that I need right now. I love you, Lord. I receive you now as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you've made that prayer, make sure that you send us an email and we'll let you know what the next steps are. Uh, God bless you and we'll see you next uh, Sunday again. Make sure that you connect with us on Wednesday night at 7 p.m. with Table Talk, okay? God bless you. Have a wonderful and blessed week. God bless you.